Welcome to Lights in the Sky podcast episode 24, casual chat about uncasual things. I'm Luke. Uh, Tony. And we have a full show today. I, just, I was just looking at the agenda that you published uh, 48 hours prior to the podcast. Yeah, up on the GeoCities website. Yeah, yeah. really chalky blocky. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to kick it off Could with... Could this be our first two-parter? No. No. <laughs> we're going to kick it off with... A three-parter? <laughs> a phone call to... Surely not a four-parter. <laughs> my friend Jim, the most haunted guy yeah. I know. Yes, yes. Um, so Jim's been on the podcast before. He's talked about some strange goings on at his house or at various houses he's lived in hence the name most haunted guy i know we had his wife on the podcast not long ago we didn't um we just mentioned her oh okay not in a weird way <laughs> i'm trying to point that mic at you a little bit better down just, or up uh towards you uh, down so it's pointing straight at you there you go now talk stop rattling now if you talk <clears throat> people will be able to hear you is this still in the podcast or are you need this bit out no no we'll keep it in really <laughs> leave that shit in okay um, <laughs> um people will adjust microphones it's just part of the show Sometimes. i'm just saying that um the microphone was put that way by you so i'm well, just taking complete blame away from me you do the audio it does sound like something you would do yeah try and wriggle out of blame yeah, wriggling out um, so we're going to call Jim in a minute. Um, using our high-tech setup, you'll be able to hear Jim, you as in the listener, and you as in Tony sitting opposite me as well. Um, Jim sent me a video um, probably a couple of weeks ago now. Do you think it's going to go viral? <clears throat> nope. Nope. <laughs> in fact, we're not even going to publish it because okay. it's a video of his son <clears throat> um, who um, has had the odd uh, interaction with um uh what's the word <laughs> strange interactions with um someone or something um that they can't see so this video that um jim sent me is of um his son o which he was it was recorded um late on a chilled out sunday night yes um okay jim sitting on the couch his wife nearby um the boy was playing on just a play mat um, he's about two-ish, coming up to two, I think. Um, we can ask Jim, because I don't know his son. Is <laughs> yeah. it a new age name I hear, O? It's <laughs> yeah. quite a new We're age We're calling him name. O. Yeah. Um, but he was just playing very quietly, uh, watching something on his iPad um, on the on the play mat. He watches things like kids' shows and stuff like that on the iPad just to keep quiet. Um, and... All of a sudden got up and started thrashing around on a couch um, in quite a strange way. So, Tony, if you want to move over this way a little bit, um, and I'll show you this video. You guys listening will be able to hear it. Um, so, Hey, what is Jerry going on? What is he? That's that really tickled. Ha ha! can tickle me? Hey, what's going on? Hey, you're a bit tickled. Who's tickling you? I'm a butterfly. This butterfly's tickling you. Ha ha. Oh, stop. Hey, what's going on? You're a bit tickled. So, the audio you can hear um, is boy thrashing around on the couch. Bear in mind, he was chilled out moments before this. Um, and he... Um, 
uh, quite kind of strangely is um, thrashing around saying that something's tickling him. Um, apparently it's really out of character for him to be doing anything other than chilling out and then heading to bed. Um, the way he's kind of thrashing around, both Jim and I, possibly because we t- straight away take on that um, paranormal angle, said that maybe it looked like he was kind of being pinned um, and thrashing around because the, the amount that he's thrashing kind of you would think he would move off the couch if you know what i mean so what are your first thoughts on that first thoughts is i think jim and i have a similar couch (laughs) you actually do you have the same couch same cushions and everything yeah yeah Yeah. nice it's spooky in a way it's a bloody comfortable couch (laughs) you do um so that's my first thoughts yeah Um, but um if you don't catch it in that audio as well um you can hear jim's wife saying um, who's tickling you? And he says the butterfly man or some butterflies. So a couple of times. And then as soon as that, as soon as he's finished thrashing around, he goes back and walks over to his play mat, sits down and carries on watching what he's so doing. So he just got up, went to the couch, thrashed around like he was being pinned and tickled. Yep. Then went back to yep. where he was on the ground. So it all stopped all of a sudden as the camera got a little bit closer and uh then yeah stood up carried on so there's nothing on the camera that shows that it was there's any sort of um nothing else detected on the camera is there it's just it's just the you can't see anything but the boys just young o thrashing about exactly yeah it it, that sort of movement's very unusual if to think you'd do that if there's nothing like they're actually holding you down to to tickle you like it's yeah, so I don't really know how to explain it. If you're lying on your back and you took your right hand and almost like almost like a punch shot it straight over as far as you could to your left side, that kind of movement would almost pull your body yeah. all the way to the left, but uh, with your feet uh, kicking as well. But um, there's just kind of no movement from around the shoulders, if you know what I mean. Like where you like it, it's almost like your collarbones are pinned into the couch. Yeah. Yeah. But that was that was my first reaction. I've showed other people and they thought um, similar, um, but uh, yeah. Then when you start explaining that Jim's the most haunted guy I know, um, people start raising some suspicions. Yeah. Any other people coming on the couch? Um, I think my wife did. I think. No, yeah. also <laughs> mentioning the couch. Is yeah. Similar to yeah. Saying, yeah. "Oh, that's the same as Tony's couch." Yeah. <laughs> yeah seriously with the because it's got quite a um distinctive cushion oh it's such which, a comfortable couch what does it say like all the um it's, town, it's yeah. names of small towns around new zealand yeah so it's my love for regional small town new zealand <laughs> we may be digressing a wee bit but yeah <laughs> also spooky also spooky yeah so let's um call jim and we'll get him to explain what the heck's going on so jim's having pizza or is about to have pizza. he's about to have pizza so we don't want to hold him up too much yeah. Um, so you, um, if you want to move your mic so that you can yell towards the, um, screen and then we can do this. Hello. Hello. Is that the gym? It is the gym. Cool. So, um, welcome by all means. Um, (laughs) we, I just showed Tony the video. Um, Tony's immediate reaction was, he has the same couch as I do. So, any thoughts on that? <laughs> Where did you get the couch from, Jim? <laughs> Tony has impeccable taste by the sounds of that. Where does the couch come from? Where did you get yours from? Uh, I think it was a Harvey Norman job. Oh, mine was possibly. Smith City, I think. 
Mm. No, ours was Smith City. Yeah, there we go. There you go. This this may or may not impress you, but we have the matching barrel couch as well. What do you mean, barrel couch? Like, big, round, um, two-person, fit comfortably bit. Because it's, it's, a, it's a decent sized couch and to fit the barrel couch in there as well I'm impressed with the sort of the, the size and scale of the lounge that you, you must have so kudos to you sir kudos <laughs> um, so, you. so to jump back on track um, do you Jim <laughs> um, this is a couch chat <laughs> <laughs> that seems the couch casual chat. chat about casual couches <laughs> <laughs> um, do you, Jim do you want to um, I kind of explained what I could about um, what I was up to just before and just after um, do you want to maybe kind of talk us through um, how it all came about and what your take on it was sure so um, I can't remember it was a few weeks ago now so just um, oh, yeah. from memory it was a pretty normal night sort of thing we're just casually chilling out um, I think my wife was on the computer watching Netflix I'd claimed the prime position of having the TV and the, and, um, the couch so watching something there and the wee fella was he's got one of those little sort of foamy fold out couches um, oh, yeah. 20 bucks Kmart job you know yep. bulletproof um, and he regularly sort of casually curls up on that and has an iPad watching um, YouTube or whatever it is he gets up to god knows so far um, this could be a couch chat does did I not put the closing music in for the couch chat yet so and, and I know you guys have just seen the video but um, so it went from that to uh, he, the boy just randomly sort of sat up with a hey and he sort of had that look about him like something had sort of because he was kind of in a in a days just watching youtube as young kids do and then he was like hey like something had sort of snapped him really quickly out of that and he said hey don't do that sort of thing and um sort of giggled and said hey tickling me and then he ran to the couch and what you've seen i started going on and i was like this is really bloody weird and i was sort of jamming on the phone at the same time so i was like i'll record this and he just did you record it because you thought that'll be really cool to show luke that, that's not the first thing that sprung to mind. It was just <laughs> what I actually thought it was. It'd be really cool to have some sort of footage of this sort of thing that happens, so people don't go, "You're just an alcoholic. Stop drinking." <laughs> right. Um, so I filmed away for a good sort of thirty seconds or so and picked up what you guys had just watched. And the, to, he was literally going on about being tickled and, "Hey, stop that! Stop tickling me!" Yeah, well, you can also hear in the. Um in the video i think it's um your wife saying who was tickling you and he says something about the butterfly man or some butterflies yeah, or something that's what we heard too the butterfly man and i was like that's not a choice um <laughs> so in our in our version going forward we just like to refer to the butterflies we kind of ditched the man but because that's not nice butterflies however oh, yeah. much more friendly yeah um you know in a lot of discussions we thought maybe butterflies being the tickly fingers sort of feeling i don't know mm. um but another sort of back and forth too we've sort of had about it was there's a point there where he's really thrashing about and um at no point does he really lift his head or move it's almost like he's got weight yeah that was that sort was of, quite evident to to us too that it looks like he's being held down or pinned down or someone there's someone there's some weight on top of him holding yep. him, something yeah and he's quite a robust like he's three and a half but he's three and a half i was way off i said he was about two (laughs) yeah so (laughs) 
gone well. Keeping up, you keeping up the alert, yeah. He would have been, he would have been two roughly when we met. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, he, he, you know, he can throw himself about, and he was really like it wasn't like play play. He was really throwing himself about, but it's just strange that for that sort of duration, that vigorous sort of movement, he doesn't really. The whole upper body's just quite stationary. Mm. Yep, that did occur to us as well. Yeah, and I think the other thing that sort of struck me as really funny about it was, A, just how quickly it started, but equally how it just stops. Like, he doesn't giggle or play at the end of it. He doesn't sort of, ha, 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 this is silly, daddy. He doesn't really pay any attention to us at all, really, short of Jess asking him what he's doing. Um, So what he did um, just after that whole kind of episode on the couch finished is he went back and just carried on? straight back to his little fold-out couch, lay back down. He sucks his two fingers as his thing, and he's got this thing where he puts his foot across his other knee, so he's got this little platform for his iPad to sit, and he went straight back to that and just chayed out again. No playing or anything for the rest of the night. Just that one thing, and then back to complete calmness. For him, anyway. I don't think I don't think the wife was that calm for a little while afterwards. <laughs> um, so... Clearly, that's um, something strange that's gone on. But um, you've told me other stories of weird goings on with um, with your boy. So, um, what are some of the other occasions? Um, he's a up? weird kid. Um, some of the weird <laughs> occasions with him, all that I think's weird anyway. Yeah, I offered him beer and he turned it down. Oh. It's a little bit strange. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but no, seriously, allegedly, um, he's he's had another another one that really sticks out. Was he so? Going back a little bit, it'd be months and months now, but he was a little bit smaller, so his language wasn't quite as good. Um, but we kept him in a, a cot, slash we call it a cage, but you know, <laughs> he's in a cot, so he, he couldn't crib. climb out. Um, yep. So he slept in a cage till he was almost three, I think. But, um, Can we not call it a cage? <laughs> okay, cot, sorry. He was caged a, until now he's free reign. Yeah, free reign. Free range now, but yeah. Yep. If police or child youth and family are listening, it's an actual cot. Um, it's just a funny nickname we give it. Yeah. Um, but he, yeah, he was in bed in that one night, and again, I could hear him just giggling. So we kind of check on him because make sure he's gone to sleep, and I could hear giggling from his room, and listening sort of. So I've got the door closed, but it's got a wee crack so that we can sort of hear what's going on. He was in there giggling, and he was. He wasn't saying words because he wasn't really communicating in that way at that time, but he was clearly playing with something. Like, he would probably be quiet and then he'd be a giggle and then he'd be sort of what was his way of audible communication at the time and then giggling and playing and playing and giggling. So I went in and checked on him and was like, what are you doing? And he's just like almost not hysterical, but just really, really hyped up like he was having a really good play. Mm. Um, and and that went on for a good thirty minutes that night. Um, yeah, so I filmed that too. What you'd expect from a, a kid who's been in their room that long is that if they um, if they were up to something, then obviously you would know because they're um, they're that awake. But normally, what would happen is they're kind of not stimulated. So even if they are awake, they're kind of just lying down, you know, chilled. Yeah, and and especially especially for our fella because he's very routine based. Like his his whole routine: brush teeth, go to bed, has a bit of yarn. And if he's going to play, he'll play in the five minutes you're in there with him, and then he literally rolls over and goes to sleep. Yeah. Um. So this was really out of character, 
and again something that's happened once on that one night never really again mm. so it, it, it was awkward that one kind of freaked me out almost more than the, the tickling because at least with the tickling one I kind of could see him and knew what was going on the yeah. other one was just like play sounds through the door strange it's like a scary yes. movie isn't it <laughs> instead of what you hear yeah. instead of yeah. a... quite creepy and yeah. um probably the last one I can think of that's a little bit nicer I think anyway but um was the week that my my nana died so yeah. my nana passed away mm-hmm. um had the the whole week and then had the funeral I think on a Friday um Went back to my mum's place for family to come around and hang out. So we had that whole afternoon. We fella was a lot younger then, like probably going on, coming up to sort of thing from memory. And um, put him down to bed to have a bit of rest. And he was kind of, I was laying with him trying to get him to go to sleep. He was a little bit restless, but slowly drifting off. And then he sat up, like all within sort of 10 seconds, sits up, looks over. So across the room there is to the door where the door leaves. And he was looking at the top right corner of the ceiling right by where the door was and he was definitely looking totally in that direction and he smiled and then gave a wave and went ta-ta and then laid back down huh. calm down Crazy. went to sleep did you tell any family members about that at the time told my mum yeah. yeah and she was a bit because and probably an important bit that left out was that um the boy and my nana had a really close relationship so oh, yeah. my mum um, no slight on my nana, but my mum was one of 13 children. Whoa. <laughs> so, yeah. No offence so to anyone, he, but whoa. <laughs> I know. Good lady, my nana. Granddad really loved that. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so there were heaps of cousins, and there were heaps of second cousins and third cousins, just kids everywhere. So they sort of, kids were always around nana, so she didn't really take much notice, but she really did, when Oscar was born, take notice of him. Right. Um, so they had a really close bond. Whenever he turned up, she'd see him and she'd have time to give him a cuddle and ask where he was and how he was doing. So there's this connection thing going on. So I told mum and she thought that was kind of a possibly her just popping in to say, see you, mate. Oh, yeah. That's and he was like, hooroo. That's, yeah. ter- that's way less terrifying. Yeah, not even <laughs> scary at all. I, I can see why that one is yeah, definitely a bit more of a uh, but pleasant what, what I, yeah, What it does make me sort of think about all that sort of stuff though was it's interesting how your brain again sort of links stories like if it's a nice one about nana it's like yeah that was probably her right that's pretty mm. cool if it's um the butterfly man there's no such thing it's just butterflies yeah interesting uh, yeah so that was a, a funny little there was another lake. one you mentioned to me um not to bring it back into a scarier world again but um you said you made a fort with oscar is it just a short one um, sorry, I will bleep his name there. <laughs> I think Jim's already said the name. Oh, have you? I've yeah. done it too. I've done oh, it sweet. too. I good. just wasn't sure. Um, but you He's made a, a high-profile and... internet personality, so <laughs> people will find them easy. Yeah. Um, so you made a fort and you were talking to him uh, while he was in there. Do you remember that one? No, it's not jumping out at me, to be fair. Keep going. Um, so um, the way I recall it was... Um, Are you, you making this up? No, no, you, you made... <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, Clearly I was at the time. Yeah. yeah. He, he said, um, that Luke guy, he's so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Tony, he, the Tony. <laughs> 
um the way i recall it was you guys were making a fort in your living room with um couch cushions um tony would know about that oh they're good cushions good (laughs) sizable cushions very versatile cushions um and uh while he was in there you were talking back and forth so you were outside calling into him and he said something about the man's in here or something like that oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) it sounds like you remember there's a reason I left that one gone from the mind, I think. Yeah, it was just a real little snippet too. Like he was already, yeah, like I was like talking to him while he's playing and he's like, the man's in here. And, all, and not just what he said, but kind of how he said it. Like mm. almost like a, I'm so aware of this, why aren't you sort of thing. Right. Yeah, not, oh. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's the end of that, right? <laughs> I, I remember this time when he waved goodbye to his nana, and it was really lovely. <laughs> oh, I remember that one. That was a really oh, good that story. Was good. And then you ruined it by yeah. telling this one. <laughs> that was totally legit and friendly and lovely, and my nana was a lovely lady. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, yep. So, yes, lots of little, little tidbits <laughs> with the wee fella. Um, some nice, some not quite so. It's, but I, um, I don't know. What, what, so, what, were there any other takeouts from the video that you I, watched? Like, I have a question. I'm not sure if this has been asked before, but when did you? Be, when did it sort of become apparent that there was something unusual happening? Like, is, do you have? Is there stories that when you were a child, Jim, that there was sort of similar things happened to you, or was it when you moved into a certain house or a certain stage of life? How did it sort of? For, yeah, so for me, um, there's the the mirror witch mirror story that I told you the first time yeah. around, so that happened when I was a baby, then literally nothing at all until that um, flatting situation with the girlfriend. Yes. Yeah, so that was the one where um, so, you heard something coming up your stairs yeah. or rattling around your kitchen, and uh, you yep. and your um, girlfriend at the time um, ran and ran and uh, got a new car and left to your your dad's or something and then never moved back uh, moved out of the house the same day and never really went back i mean i wouldn't say i wouldn't say ran i would say very manly decided to leave but yeah you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's all in the interpretation right? that's yeah, how i talk brisk how I manly <laughs> stroll or walk yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah no yeah so look nothing nothing at all until that house so and that happened and left and from then on just tidbits but and how long ago that, was that house that, that story oh that was so um i would have been oh so that's probably 20 years ago yeah right like 15 20 years ago i was i was a young fella so yeah, would have been nineteen twenty. Sort you of said thing. your yeah your brother used to um, ditch school to go there. Yeah, so, mm. yeah. yeah, and, I, and right. yeah, we're not that far apart. So yeah, I would have been eighteen, nineteen, twenty, sort of thing. Yeah. Through to the ripe old age of twenty-seven now. No, a little bit older than that. So <laughs> yeah. So cool. yeah, being a bit but for best of memory, nothing prior to that house, short of the one yarn of mums. Yeah. And little bits in between, right? Yeah, uh, just s- just little sort of since then. Little little random bits here and there, different things. Um, but definitely, again, uh, a whole lot more since arriving at the house we live in now, which was seven years ago. Mm. 
a lot, a lot to do, a lot around this house. If I'm perfectly honest, and not not all, not all like the video you guys have seen, or no. you know, the way, but just little things. Yeah, really little things. One thing that jumps out all the time is we've got a little nook with a computer in it that's got a full-length window behind it, which has a path leading to our front door. And if I had a dollar for every time I've gone up to go to open the door because I've clearly caught movement by the window. Mm. Like like a, a clear like not a oh maybe I saw but literally oh someone's here I'll get up and check the door and nothing there and that happens all the goddamn time right, at so one you window. Kept, you kept something out of your eye and it actually turns out there's just no one there in reality. Yep, yep. Just just I didn't think I saw I saw something go by the window and there's nothing there. That and I don't even know if this is a paranormal type thing but it's certainly weird is the number of times birds fly into our house <laughs> like fly in the ranch slider or fly into the window and bugger themselves up like 30 40 50 times in the time we've been here happened in the time been in this house no no um but that must be but jim does live in the middle of nowhere um as in like you're just surrounded by paddocks and things right jim Yes, yeah, so we do live yeah, rurally, so a lot of paddocks, no other houses or yeah. So you wouldn't really lights. get that at your place, Tony, you're in the middle of a city. No. Yeah. And, and Jim's house is drenched in birdseed. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, so Jim hey. should probably make sure there's just, you know... It's a, it's a weird mix out. of freaks you out and pisses you off. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're really hard to get back out. <laughs> cool, I think we might um, just about leave that there, yeah. but... Um, Thanks very much for sharing, my friend Jim, the most haunted guy I know. Yeah. Um, we'll no doubt be in touch. I know there's other stories that um, we haven't even got to yet, so um, we'll get you on in another month or so and um, check yeah. in again. Sounds good. Either, yeah, like you say, stories you haven't heard yet, or give me a month and I'll have some new ones. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> what, what's, it, what's it a pizza? Did you get? What's it a pizza? Yeah, you got to you got to rush off and uh, eat pizza, right? Uh, yes, there's a there's a um, pizza place here called Hells, and we got a <laughs> Lust Deluxe, which is my favourite, with Bernays sauce, and I don't know what Jess got, but I'll steal a couple of pieces of that too. The Lust Deluxe, that's the is that the meat lovers. <laughs> yeah, that's the that, that's the the pepperoni, bacon, venison, beef, you know, all the good so stuff. So with all of this going on, you still order pizza from a place called Hell. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> Living on the edge, right? See, like ironically, Jim loves pizza for his um, for the you know, ultimate meat lovers side, and the hell, the only pizza place that does vegan pizza for me. So, right. it's it's only taken two episodes for you guys to crack the root cause. It's buying pizza from hell. Yeah, they're following you home in the pizza box. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> All right, cool. Thanks for that, Jim. All good. Okay, guys, nice to talk. All right, catch hey, you. Enjoy your pizza. Will do. Okay, bye bye. So um, just as I move some microphones around and get some things uh, back sorted, um, that was my friend Jim, the most haunted guy I know, with kind of a strange tale. Um, we called him via Facebook, and now it's saying, rate the quality of your audio call. What oh. do we give it out of five? Should we give our listeners the, a poll? Should they tweet us? What <laughs> we they don't think? have time. Uh -huh. <laughs> what do you think people would vote? Um, good, very good, is excellent, it, is it a fair? Fear. Poor. Fear. Fear? Fear? That's fear. Think of a fear. <laughs> okay, so uh, moving right along, um, I think we will skip today's hypothetical and we will jump uh, straight into my shallow dive into a, into a, um, into a story. So um, I have the privilege of um, 
being the one that has to provide a story the week that Jim's on, so I don't have to dive too deeply. <laughs> um, so uh, I'll just go straight into that. Then we'll finish up with some Get Me Some Strange. I believe I get some strange. You get to get some strange. Excellent. Um, so have you been to Scotland? No. Okay. Um, have you heard of Scotland's dog suicide bridge? Oh, puppy. <laughs> and you'd start no, doing No, I have not heard of dog suicide bridge. Okay. So um, about half an hour's drive north of the Scottish city of Glasgow, there's a 19th century castle called Overton House. In the 160 years it's been around, the estate has served as a movie set, a maternity hospital, and a place of recovery for Allied soldiers during World War II. With that sort of history, you'd think supernatural activity would be abound, would abound, but you'd be mistaken. That honour goes to Overton Bridge, which was a mostly harmless structure for decades after it was built in 1895. <laughs> mostly harmless bridge. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> in the 1950s, though, people started calling it the Bridge of Death. That's because dogs had started leaping off the bridge to their deaths, apparently for no reason. 50 dogs have died after making the jump in the past 50 years. A dog a year? A dog a year for the past 50 years. Was that in dog years, though? That's a good point. <laughs> Maybe they are just rounding into dog years and yeah. it's actually like seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, during that period, another 600 dogs have made the leap and survived. So there's just so many dogs. dogs jumping off this bridge. Yeah. Um, to my knowledge, not with bungee cords either. That's a rate of one kamikaze pooch per month for 50 years. Wow. Some of these uh, survivors were only too happy to jump a second time as soon as the opportunity <laughs> presented itself. You've got to question the owners though, right? Yeah. If your dog's jumped off that bridge for no reason, you don't go walking along there without a lead again. <laughs> a leash. There are some patterns among these terrifying jumps which end on the jagged rocks under the bridge. All the dogs that jumped were long-nosed breeds, those traditionally used for hunting for their exceptional sense of smell. And the, dog, the dogs reportedly jumped from the same spot between the last two ramparts on the right side of the bridge and always on a clear sunny day. Anyone who's ever owned a dog would probably say, no, dog suicide is not even a thing. <laughs> I haven't owned a dog, so I can't comment. <laughs> Canine psychologist David Sands, Dr. David Sands. A canine psychologist? Yeah, really? They exist. Okay. Well, at least one exists, and his name's David. I Supports... guess it's that dog whisperer, Caesar guy. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe this is the thing. Um, so this dog psychologist is saying dog suicides don't exist. Um, it's impossible for a dog to premeditate its own death. Um, even animals close to death will seek out a quiet. He adds that animals close to death will seek out a quiet place to spend their final moments in dignity, but that has more to do with a deteriorating physical condition and less with any sort of premonition. So um, those kind of things where the animal disappears and goes and hides under a under a bush to head into the afterlife um, is more around trying to that kind of basic animal instinct of finding shelter and warmth and right so not sort of throwing not, one's i want some dignity self off a bridge <laughs> yeah. yeah it's nothing to do with a dignified place to go and do it um okay so um 
one theory is that uh, it's around something called a thin place um, and comes from a, a Celtic 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 saying heaven and earth are only three feet ap- three feet apart but in thin places that distance is even shorter no I disagree with three feet three feet yeah <laughs> <laughs> the ancient pagan how tall are you five foot six foot seven no the ancient pagan <laughs> five foot ten um, five foot nine i don't really know Do, would you know what that is in centimeters uh no <laughs> <laughs> i only measure my height in nautical miles okay <laughs> <laughs> um i think five eleven no. 610? No. 720. More. <laughs> 720. <laughs> the ancient pagan Celts. Is that the word? Celts. Celts. No. Celts. Celts. we Believed in something called thin places. Places where the boundary between heaven and earth is especially ambiguous or non-existent. I think I think with all of the sort of like um, you know anti-fat shaming going on these days, that would not have gone down well if they brought that into this modern era. Mm-hmm. Fat it- shaming chelts, <laughs> chelts, chelts. <Okay. laughs> I snorted. <laughs> would it be far-fetched to believe that dogs who are famously intuitive are attracted to these thin places, and that Overton Bridge is one of them? Perhaps they're leaping from the bridge, unwittingly or not, in an attempt to get to the other side, whatever that may be. Author Paul Owen believes thin places exist, describing them at length. 5.11? The length of 5.11? Um, how, how tall he is. <laughs> I'll go on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he just doesn't believe the bridge is one of these thin places. He does, however, think the bridge is haunted by the spirit of Lady Overton, who is said to have walked along the bridge after her husband's death in 1908. Owen is so convinced he's written a book about it. Um, his conviction is palpable. So here's a quote. Um, he recounts a recent visit, visit to the bridge in an interview with Huffington Post UK. I was up there one summer's day and I felt a very strong jab, like a phantom finger, twice in my back. It was the sensation you get when you fear someone might push you over the edge of a train platform. It's a very strange place. One of those things peculiar to the location is that it can seem very peaceful and tranquil, but can turn at a moment's notice. Hmm. (laughs) Insert. Hmm. Insert. A sinister presence might help explain the horrific events perpetrated by a man named Kevin Moy in 1994. Moy, who was 32 at the time. Hey, you just turned 32. just turned 32. Birthday wishes to me. (laughs) And to Kevin Moy. And to Kevin Moy of 1994. (laughs) Um, He cast his infant son off the parapet, claiming he was the Antichrist. I didn't do that. What, Kevin Moy was the Antichrist? No, claiming the boy was. His oh, son. sketchy. <laughs> sketchy proof, I reckon. He probably kept his son in a cage when he went to sleep, too. Yeah, well, we've already had that on the show tonight, <laughs> and it hasn't gone down well with our listeners. I wonder what sort of couch Kevin Moy has. Yeah. He unsuccessfully attempted to follow his baby to death, but was thwarted when his wife restrained him. Then again, 
then no, again, it sounds like he didn't try that hard because like, if he can't fight off his wife it's like oh no the sun's gone over now I might jump now oh oops I'm caught by my wife sorry <laughs> guess I won't die Kevin Moy 32 um, a few hours later the police took him into custody and he uh, after he failed to slash his wrist with a kitchen knife he's not trying very hard to kill himself this guy didn't have a very good 32nd birthday no. I bet oh maybe good 32nd not great 33rd <laughs> Moy was found not guilty by reason of insanity and celebrated a very happy 33rd birthday. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I guess guess you keep your opinions to yourself. I hope that my 33rd birthday is as happy as Kevin Moy's is. (laughs) Um, He was was also committed to the state hospital at Carstairs. Although his severe clinical depression was the culprit, the location and timing of the tragedy between the last two parapets on the right side on a clear sunny day did little to alleviate the bridge's malevolent reputation. A reputation that led many to wonder, might there be a link between the ever-increasing suicide rate of nearby Dumbarton? Dumbarton, where suicide was the leading cause of death among young men in the area in 2006, and the steady reports of dogs flinging themselves off of the town bridge. This is where Dr. David Sands returns to our tale. The canine psychologist travelled to Dumbarton. I seem to really struggle with with Dumbarton. (laughs) I struggle with place names. A bit dumb yourself. Dumbarton in 2005 in a final bid to solve the mystery of Overton Bridge uh, with a documentary camera crew in tow. Standing at the jump-off point of the bridge, he notes, Just me as a person, forget a dog, all your senses are on fire. It's got a strange feeling. He brought Hendrix, a 19-year-old dog that survived a leap from the bridge, along with him. 19-year-old dog? Called Hendrix. He's going to throw this 19-year-old dog off the bridge and see if he survives. And then celebrate a, a happy 33rd birthday. <laughs> what a monster. <laughs> <laughs> he noticed the dog tense up near where she had her near-death experience. So this is a dog that's jumped previously. And the dog tensed up again when it got near the, near the scene. <laughs> this lunatic mutt. <laughs> he concluded one of her senses was so triggered she felt an unrestrained urge to investigate. The doctor decided to figure out which overloaded sense caused dogs to jump. He quickly eliminated sight since the ivy-covered granite of the parapet was all that was visible from a dog's eye view. So all I can, I can imagine there is him with like a GoPro on his forehead, crawling <laughs> along down, the yeah. <laughs> Although the rush of the water below fully dominated the air, some locals theorized that a nuclear base at nearby Fast Lane. Fast Lane? <laughs> Let's like, go with it. Like life in the Fast Lane. <laughs> yeah. Telephone pylons or some sort of structural anomaly in the bridge's construction was emitting a disturbing frequency that only animals could hear. Sands brought in experts to test the entire span of the bridge, but they concluded there was nothing acoustically unusual anywhere near the anywhere in the area. So a similar thing to that might be uh, way back on episode one, we talked about HARP, which is mm-hmm. um, where uh, governments um, around the world are projecting or shooting lasers basically into the atmosphere to excite atoms. One of the theories was that that's creating some sort of a background noise which will eventually lead people insane so that that low hum or drone if you were to lock somebody in a room and um and just uh have like a perpetual hum going on 
one of the theories that kind of is bandied around is that that eventually leads to almost like a torture or something like that. Um, so yeah, one theory is that this is one of those kind of places where there's a, a an acoustic anomaly like that. However, not the case. Um, he did, however, uh, come to some kind of hypothesis hypotheses hypotheses um after seeing there was a concentrated group of ness cafe nestle (laughs) (laughs) like ness monster what a grouping of nests of squirrels mice and mink underneath overton bridge to narrow down which of these must have been can you describe what a mink is please um they make blankets out of it yeah, that's, that's <laughs> literally all i know yeah. mink so blanket. i just think it's a really um wide thin animal yeah. <laughs> cuddly and warm though square yeah. in shape yeah more than your bed in the winter time all sorts of colors of minks um uh or a sultry minks they tested 10 long-nosed pups 70 percent of whom headed straight for the mink unaware of all else it doesn't seem like a very big sample to me Seven out of ten dogs. Easy to work out a percentage, though, the ten. Yeah, and a percentage can be misleadingly um, high. Seven dogs out of ten. Stop touching the microphone. It keeps angling up. Stop touching it. How do I stop it from angling up? You just put your chair up. <laughs> <laughs> you put the chair that raises. <laughs> I to put this on books. <laughs> out of the bookshelf behind me. All right. Just go and stand up. I have to sit on top of the Mysteries of the Unexplained book. I'll be able to, I'll be able to do it. Get me some strange. Um, so. Uh, Talk about mink blankets. Basically, the um, dogs would go for, a, go for mink out of uh, most of these things. And the um, doggy deaths date back to a time when the mink was first introduced to the area. So. While this may be logical, it certainly leaves a few unanswered questions. But like, why are they always jumping from the same spot on the bridge? Um, what was prodding the guy in the back? <laughs> um, and why don't they jump off any other bridges in Scotland where there's also mink nests? Um, and why the sudden obsession with mink where you lose all sense of being on a bridge and have to try, suddenly try and get to it? Um uh if nothing else it's nice to know the purity of dogs isn't tainted by human emotion but the final verdict writes dr sands is one of misadventure rather than suicide the conclusion he came to was that they were just obsessed with minks (laughs) (laughs) however i personally don't think that a mink nest can be responsible for 600 600 (laughs) dogs jumping jumping off off a bridge. bridge like surely some of them know it's a bridge anyway um that's my shallow dive for this week um where it's quite appropriate because i guess if the if the dog jumps off the bridge and the water's not very deep in the river shallow dive for them and they end up on the rocks so <laughs> yeah beautiful do you think quite that poetic. um neighbor dog ringo would uh i just before you arrived i saw ringo and the and the other stupid looking dog was the stupid looking dog um the... i haven't heard about the stupid oh, looking so dog there's ringo of course who we've yeah. spoken about but then their parents have like moved in i don't know why ringo's parents <laughs> No, your Ringo's grandparents <laughs> have moved in. Okay, and so there's also two old dog. dogs there. Well, there's there's an old dog there. Did it? Could we teach it some new tricks? Ah, uh, they tried. <laughs> Sadly, How'd all it go? failed. Oh, okay. 
Uh, but yeah, I just saw them walking out the driveway before. Hmm. hmm. Interesting. Um, I have nothing else to add. Do you have any further questions, or should we jump on to the final segment where I finally get some strange? You've been waiting a while. <laughs> Let's do that. Okay. I'll you're going to have to stand up because your mic's pointing to the ceiling again. Oh, for God's sake. Why is it doing this? <laughs> I don't know. It's the cheap mic stand. It needs a screwdriver. So okay. this is the segment of the show called Get Me Some Strange, where we take the 1982 Reader's Digest version of Mysteries of the Unexplained. Tony will flick, to a, <laughs> Tony will flick to a random page. Warm and we'll, me up. <laughs> we'll, we'll uh, read out one of the uh, Mysteries of the Unexplained. So... Do you go back to front or front to back? Um, with the book? Uh, sure. <laughs> Let's go back to front. Okay. And... Ten. Nine. No, here we go. <laughs> We're flipping. Stop. I've gone almost all the way through. I reckon we've flipped probably over 90% of the book away. Um, do you know what segment we've landed in here? I, I do. Cause I can see a dollar bill, y'all. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. So, um, the story... Are we in the contents page? <laughs> Have we gone too far? <laughs> Um, so I think this, yeah, it's the coincidences chapter again. And do you know what's also a coincidence in the coincidences chapter? That it's a story about dogs? The story of Eric W. Smith, who found another Eric W. Smith on the pathway, <laughs> is the story that came to, which is the coincidence, because this is on the coincidences section. Yeah. So it's a so, coincidence. So the coincidence is that we've had this coincidence before. But the exact story I landed on was one we've already had before. Interesting. So, how many pages in that book? Uh, sixty-five. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot more than sixty-five pages. Three hundred and twenty. So we had a one in three hundred and twenty chance of. Um, don't adjust your mic. You just have to stand up. I'm not standing. I'm going to angle it right down. By the time it gets up, <laughs> lie on the floor. <laughs> I will. <laughs> so we had a one in three hundred and something or other page uh, chance of landing on this coincidence page. The coincidence being that we landed on the coincidence page. page. Are there any other coincidences nearby? What's the one about the the money? I yeah, so I think I'll do bill. the one about the money. Okay. Okay, so it's on the opposite page, but it's still there. Mm-hmm. It's called Lincoln and Kennedy. So, as you can probably guess from the, the note, it's mm-hmm. an American story about presidents. Okay. Okay. Yep. Two of the most tragic and dramatic deaths in American history, the assassination of Presidents Abraham Lincoln and John Fitzgerald Kennedy, involve the following astonishing parallels. One. Paranormal parallels? (laughs) Lincoln was elected president in 1860. Exactly 100 years later, in 1960... JFK? Was elected president. (laughs) (laughs) You're trying to think of a funny name for JFK? No, no, I was just building suspense. <laughs> okay. Should I leave it? Should I not jump in next time? And that's it. Well, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, number two. Oh, this is a bit racist. Both men were deeply involved in civil rights for Negroes. Is that the right word to say these days? African Americans. Well, clearly it was in 1982 when yeah. that book was published. Number three. But you talk like that all the time anyway. Shh. <laughs> Both men were assassinated on a Friday in the presence of their waves. Well, that's a, like a one in seven, apart from the wife thing. Number four. You've got to get assassinated on some day of the week. Yeah. 
If you're going to get assassinated. Friday, Friday. Go. Got to get gunned down on Friday. <laughs> Throwback there to Rachel Black. Was that her name? I have no idea. Just read on. Speaking of Black, they freed the Negroes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know. <laughs> Racist Tony came out. Yeah. <laughs> um, both men were killed by a bullet that entered the head from behind. Okay. Right. Uh... Six, Lincoln was killed in Ford's theatre. Kennedy met his death while riding in a Lincoln convertible made by the Toyota Motor Company, the Ford Motor Company. (laughs) Four, both men were succeeded by vice presidents named Johnson, who were Southern Democrats and former senators. So they they had a Johnson waiting for them. Do you know, I heard a story about LBJ, Lyndon Johnson. Yeah. Apparently he had a massive coups (laughs) (laughs) and he used to flash it around at the urinal showing off about look at me I'm a powerful man my name is Johnson yeah I'm a Johnson yeah look at my big Johnson I'm Johnson anyway Trump could only dream yeah (laughs) Um, Andrew Johnson was born in 19 sorry in 1808 and had a massive there are way more Johnsons than I care Andrew Johnson was born in 1808 and had a massive penis Lyndon Johnson was born in 1908 exactly 100 years later with a massive penis really wow amazing Um, the first name of Lincoln's private secretary was John private secretary yeah the secretary (laughs) of the privates the last name of Kennedy's private secretary 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 well it was Kennedy he was a bit like that Um, is this really disrespectful it was Lincoln I don't know (laughs) I think it might be I think you need to apologise John Wilkes Booth was born in 1839 according to some sources (laughs) What? Like his birth certificate? Yeah. Lee Harvey Oswald was born in 1939, 100 years later, though completely not verified because it didn't say that it's actually correct. <laughs> so that one they could have left out because it's not really true in potentially. Yeah. At some stage they're reaching. Um, both assassins held extremist views, which is obvious. Yeah, I mean... And they were southerners. Probably most assassins do. Both assassins were murdered before they could be brought to trial. Um, I forgot, no, forgot to number them. Are 13. They... 13. <laughs> okay. Booth shot Lincoln in a theatre and fled to a barn. Oswald shot Kennedy from a warehouse and fled to a theatre. That's a bit of a loose <laughs> one. <laughs> the, so oh, okay, where's the this, barn? No, well, here we go. Here's the loosest one. Okay. Lincoln, L-I-N-C-O-L-N, and Kennedy, K-E-N-N-E-D-Y, each have seven letters no <laughs> oh they continue for god's sake <laughs> 15 andrew johnson and lyndon johnson each has 13 letters <laughs> oh god what? john wilkes booth and lee harvey oswald each has 15 letters <laughs> um in addition the first public proposal that lincoln be the republican candidate for president in a letter to the Cincinnati Gazette, November 6, 1858, also endorsed a John Kennedy for vice president. John P. Kennedy, formerly secretary of the party. Um, so many coincidences and then so much reaching to add more coincidences, in my opinion. Um, so we can just finish up with an apology of the way you talked about <laughs> some of the um, former presidents of the <clears throat> United States. 
we'll just go a wee bonus one here. <laughs> so the dollar bill that caught your eye. Yeah. So this this dollar bill that you saw issued in Dallas only two weeks before JFK was killed there is now known as the Kennedy Assassination Bill. Since Dallas is a location of the 11th of the 12 Federal Reserve Districts, the bill bears the letter 11K. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's and not right. Say the bill bears the letter K, the 11th letter of the alphabet, and the number 11 appears in each corner. The serial number begins with K and ends with A, standing for Kennedy assassination. Oh. <laughs> 11 also stands for November, the 11th month of the year. Two 11s equal 22, oh, don't. the date of the tragedy, <laughs> and the series number is 1963, the year the bill was made, and also the year of the assassination. Um, yeah. That was me snoring. You've lost my attention. The, I think there's, there's quite often conspiracies around what's on the dollar bill. Yeah. I think there's just so much on the dollar bill that <laughs> anything fits, right? Yeah. So right, and the final one here is that apparently Kennedy ordered a supersized burrito from Taco Bell mm-hmm. the morning three weeks and two months prior to his assassination. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and Lincoln liked burritos. Lincoln once ate a burrito and had to go to the bathroom because of severe burrito gushing mm. three weeks and nine months <laughs> prior to its assassination yeah the clincher here is they both went for the I think you'll find the clincher was Lincoln they went for the yeah. <laughs> they both went for the medium spicy salsa on the day yeah yeah really in the little and packet used, and used four and a half nappy cunts how do you how do you use half a napkin? I know. But also, I didn't even know they had the little sauce sachets back in Lincoln's time. That's where he actually invented them. Really? Mm-hmm. He was a prestigious inventor of salsa. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I reckon we're all done here, so we'll catch you next week. Oh, totally. <laughs> <laughs>